Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our lead pastor, Mike Wares. We had an incredible time here Friday night. I just got to tell you, it, it was uh, beyond anything that I could have ever dreamed of. And, and I want to say thank you to Amy Rayburn and her team. They did an incredible job. We had 150 guests here last week, if you can believe that. And, and, and wow, that was, a, that, that was an amazing thing. And uh, probably about 1,200 people on the, the, the grounds here and just enjoying the night. I'm going to talk more about that in just a minute. We're, we're, we're going to start a new series today. It's called Prism. I actually have a prism up here. And uh, if you take a flashlight and this room was dark, what you would discover is that by shining the light through here, it would refract and go all over the room. And that's exactly what we're called to do, is to let the light of Jesus shine through us, and when it shines through us, it goes into all the world. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're in the book of 1 John. It was written by John, thus the name, 1 John. He wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John. As Tim told you, he also wrote the book of John, and he wrote the last book in the Bible called Revelation. And so as we begin to get in this, I want to tell you why he wrote the book. Uh, the church, uh, the, the followers of Jesus were getting off track. And, and it's only about 80 years after Christ had died. And they're getting off track a little bit. And so I, I want you to understand what that is. Now, we have this belief that there are two parts to us. There is the body, okay, and then there is the spirit. And you'll see that in Scripture. They'll talk about the body and the spirit. But now they began to go wrong because this is how they thought. They thought the body was evil. Okay? Anything that has matter to it was evil. So, so they thought the body was evil. So that meant nothing good could come out of this. But they thought the spirit was good. The spirit was good. That meant that, that, meant that you know, uh, the, the body wasn't going to do anything good, but your spirit, if you had good intentions, that, that was good enough uh, because that was your spirit. And so as we look at this, we want to take it and see how they began to think. They thought Jesus was good, so he must have been a spirit. Jesus was good, so he must have been a spirit. And so that, that's how they began to think. And in fact, this is what, what it would lead them to think, that Jesus was good, therefore he was not really a man. Jesus was good, so therefore he was not really a man. Now that, that creates some problems there, because in Hebrews, the fourth chapter in verse 14, it says that Jesus was tempted in every way, just like we are, but if he didn't have a body, he couldn't be tempted like I am. And so then this is the next thought they had, is that we can't be expected to live a good life in our bodies, because nothing good comes out of this. Now, you can see that that would go in a lot of different directions and would cause lots of problems within the church. And so as you begin to think about that, that's why John writes the book. And, and I want you to hear what he says in 1 John, the fourth chapter in verse 2. 1 John 4, 2, he says, This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ came in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. 
So he, he, this is an important thing. We have to believe that Jesus actually lived in a body. And so as we begin to read this book, 1 John uh, in chapter 1 and verse 1, you'll begin to recognize that John is beginning to, to combat this. So let's look at, the, let's look at 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 1. He says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, okay, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was, was, was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Did you catch how he started there? He said, we have seen, we have heard, we have touched. And what he's trying to remind them of is that Jesus did walk on this earth in a body. And so we're going we're gonna to look at this, and this is what I would have you to, to understand today. Remember this phrase, and uh, it's just simply this, is we got to tell somebody. Can you say that with me? We got to tell somebody, okay? If you can remember that, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about today. The sermon in the sentence comes from, from Acts 4.20, and this is Peter speaking when they told him that he couldn't talk about Jesus, and this is what he says, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard, what he is saying there is we got to tell somebody, okay? And that means that we, we got to, to speak up for our Lord. So that's what we're going to look at, and we're going to kind of unpack this, uh, the, this piece of Scripture and drill down a little bit and see how it changes us. So the first word that you need to write down there is the word witness, witness. You know what a witness is. It's somebody that has seen something. And actually what John does in this passage is he lays out his credentials as a witness. He said, I heard, I'm an ear witness. I saw, I'm an eyewitness. And then, then he says, and I even looked at it. And the word there really means studied. I, I checked it out. And then he says, I've touched him. He was real. We shook hands, we rubbed shoulders, we embraced. And, and, and so he said, he was a human that was on this earth. Now, this is what I believe, that you and I can encounter Jesus Christ in the exact same way. We can hear him, we can see him, we can study him. And you're going to stop me there and say, well, we can't touch him. Maybe not, but I guarantee you he can touch you. And so this is what I want you to, to understand today. So uh, two things under this witness that, that we have to do. The first one is we experience Christ through the Bible. We experience Christ through the Bible. John 1.1, 1, 1, it's, 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 uh, it's again from John, and this is what he says in John 1.1. 1, 1. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's it right here. This is the Word, and in it what you will see is Jesus. And when you pick it up and read it, now, I want to challenge you to do that as we, as we begin this series. I want to challenge you to read the book of 1 John every single day. It's only five chapters long. It'll take you 10 to 15 minutes, and it will begin to live in you. It will begin to be a part of your mind and heart. 
And so Kathy and I have been married 42 years. And, and, and what I can tell you about our familiarity is I can complete her sentences and she can complete mine. I know how she's going to react. And as I challenge you to get into God's Word and read it, what will happen is that you'll begin to experience Jesus and his power and love. And, and so th- th- this, is, this is just the greatest thing. Now, now, just think about this for a moment. How many of y'all know the story about Jesus feeding 5,000? How many of y'all heard that? Well, we hear about it all the time, and this is what happens. We go, oh, yeah, feeding 5,000, so what? Now, it doesn't happen every day, folks. But you know what happens? We get so familiar with it, we don't think. So I really want to challenge you to experience Jesus through the Bible. I read that story, and I begin to understand some things. It says that Jesus saw the people, and they were following him, and they were in a remote place. And it says that they were like a, a, a sheep without a shepherd. And it says, he took compassion on them. Now, he fed 5,000. You think, well, he took compassion and he fed them. No, it doesn't say that he fed them. He says that, it, that he taught them. You see, because the eternal is more important than the physical, and he took care of that first. But then it says when they got hungry, uh, about 3 in the afternoon, they'd been there for a few hours, and their stomachs were growling, and the disciples said, we need to send them home because we don't have anything to feed them. But, but they do need to be fed, Jesus. And Jesus says, well, you guys feed them. And they checked the treasury. There weren't any, any restaurants around. And so what does they do? They find this kid with a lunchbox. And then they, they try to grab it from him. I figure they probably traded something. I don't know. And they got his lunchbox. And in it were, were two pieces of fish, probably pickled fish, and five barley loaves. Let me tell you what that was. That was poor people's food. That, 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 was, that, that, that wasn't anything to be excited about. And so what does Jesus do? He looks up to heaven and, and he blesses it and he feeds 5,000 men, it says. So that means probably about fifteen to 20,000 people in all when you included the, the women and the children. Now, now, I don't know if you get that excites you or not. Now, let me tell you some things that I experienced Jesus. Jesus is more concerned about me spiritually And so that's why he speaks to me. But he's also concerned about me physically. And when I give Jesus what I have, he can take it and use it in some amazing ways. But I've got to be willing. I've got to be willing. And see, in that story, as I experience Jesus, I'm touched by him. I'm touched that he is concerned about my eternity. I'm touched that he is concerned about my physical life. I'm touched that he can take whatever I give him and he can multiply it so that many people can be used. So you see, just begin to read God's Word. I encourage you to go back and read that story. It's in all four Gospels. It's a really important story. But look at it through the eyes of maybe that nine or ten-year-old kid who was probably skipping school that day. And he had his lunchbox and he had his cap on. And and do you think he ever told anybody about that experience? Hey, Jesus... Jesus took my lunchbox and fed a multitude of people. I wonder if he had that thing bronzed and put in there. It's just that. But begin to read it with open eyes. Begin to read it with open eyes. The second way, the second way that you and I will experience Jesus is through the church. In the Bible, Paul uses the analogy, he uses the metaphor that the church is the body of Christ. Now, you know that when Jesus walked on the earth in the form of body, this is what happened as he walked on the earth. He showed the love of God to people and the power of God flowed through him. 
Now, we don't have Jesus in the body. We are now the body. And what that means is that you and I, as the church, are to be showing the love of Jesus and letting the power of Jesus flow through us and changing our world just as Jesus did. He left it up to us. Let me explain to you how this works. I grew up in Southeast Christian Church in Orlando. Southeast Christian Church in Orlando. And uh, they were the people that showed me the power of Jesus and the love of Jesus. I was in eighth grade. I was in youth group. We had youth group on Sunday night from 6 to 7. And then we had Sunday night worship from 7 till 8.30, sometimes 9 o'clock. And, and, and it, it was late. But I, I will never forget that evening. I walked out of youth group, and one of the men was standing there, Malcolm Odom. And he grabbed me, and he said, Mike, I need to talk to you. He says, I don't want you to worry. So I knew it probably wasn't going to be good. And he says, your father has had a heart attack, and they've taken him to the hospital. Now, in that day, a lot of times a heart attack meant that you wouldn't see him again. And so I listened, and Malcolm said, but don't worry, we're praying, and we're trusting God here. And so he took me to the worship center, and he came and sat beside me, and I was an emotional wreck because I knew I would never see my dad again. He stood beside me and sat beside me and took care of me. After church, he took me to grab a bite to eat, then took me home and checked on my brother and me. The next day, he came and got me and took me to the hospital. Can I tell you what was going on? That was Jesus in the church showing his love and the power of God flowing through him. You see... That's how we experience the love of Jesus. Friday night, we had an incredible time here. And, and I, I like to greet the guests when they come in. And so I'm out there greeting the guests, and I see a young lady. And I thought she was a volunteer, to be honest, because she was a college student. I said, are you a volunteer? And she says, no, I'm waiting for my sister to get here. And I thought, wow, cool. And she says, uh, uh, my sister is one of the guests tonight. It's about 10 minutes later, she comes walking in with her sister. And, and, and uh, she had come down from UGA to, just to meet her sister here and to be with her that night. And as she's walking in, the tears are just streaming down her face. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at her and I stop her and I say, are, are you okay? And she says, yeah, yeah. She says, I have never seen my sister so excited. She feels so special. That was the body of Christ showing the love of Jesus. That was the power of God flowing through. I'm just going to tell you, that's what it's about. That, 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 that is our witness. We can talk about Jesus because we've seen him in his word. We can talk about Jesus because we've heard him. We can talk about Jesus because we've seen him in the church because he has touched us through God's word and he has touched us through the church. And you know what? When that happens, you just got to tell somebody, okay? You, you just got to tell somebody. And that brings me to the second word that I want you to hear today. The first one was witness, and the second one is testify. Testify. Now, in this passage, they use actually two words that they go along with this. One word is testify, and that means that you're in a court of law, 
and you're being questioned. They want to know what you saw. Uh, For John, he says, well, I can tell you what I saw because I was an ear witness, I was an eye witness, I studied it, and I I touched him. So I, I can tell you about that. And he begins to testify. In fact, what he tells us in this passage is, he says, I, I got to tell somebody. And, and so there, there is this idea of testify. But the second word that he uses there is the word proclaim. And proclaim means that he has to announce it. It is building inside him and he can't connect it. It's like Peter said, I, I can't help but talk about what we've seen and heard. And so as we look at this, this is what I want you to understand today, is that we testify by telling others about our experience with Jesus. We testify by telling others about our experience with Jesus. Okay, that's how it works. There's a story in John 4, it's a Samaritan woman, and she goes to this well, Jacob's well, and she encounters Jesus. She goes back to the town where she lives, a town named Sychar, and she goes to that place, and, and, and she begins to tell people about Jesus. I want you to see what happened because of her testimony. We find it in John 4 and verse 39. He says, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. She had an experience, an encounter with Jesus, and she went and told other people. You know what it doesn't say that she did? That she went and quoted scripture. It doesn't say that she went with a, a, with a witnessing plan. It says that she just went and told about her encounter with Jesus. That's all it is. If you've been a witness, then what do you do? You testify. You proclaim. And that's what she did. It's not that hard. I, I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago, and I got back, and this is what I heard. Oh, Adam and, and Tim did a wonderful job preaching. We really heard from God that day. Now, can I tell you, I don't need to hear that. I know those guys are good, okay? I'm just going to tell you, I already know that. Let me tell you who needs to hear that. Your neighbor that doesn't know Jesus. When they heard, when they hear that you heard the voice of God at Northridge Christian Church, they're going to want to come and be a part. When, when, when you tell that to, 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 to your family member, you know what, it's going it's to grab a hold of them, and they're going to say, I want some of that. And we're going to hear all this week, and some of y'all have told me today, oh, Friday night was wonderful, and it was incredible. I was there. I don't need to hear it, okay? Your neighbor, your family member. Your, your, your friends that don't know Jesus need to know that Jesus showed up here on Friday night and did a great work. You know what? I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you have encountered Jesus on Friday night. I'm hoping that you've encountered him in the word and you're saying, I've got to tell somebody. I, I, I've got to let them know because I, I, I want to change the course of their life. The, 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 the second thing that I would tell you is that you just simply have to tell them about the real life. The real life. You know everybody is looking for life, don't you? There, there, there are some ways that we look for life. You and I will look for life in pleasure. Now, can I tell you about pleasure? There's always another pleasure out there, and it will never satisfy. Some will look for for life in in wealth and money, and you know what? You could have all the money in the world, but there's always a little bit more out there, and you'll end up not satisfied. Some will look for, for, for life in power and fame, but you know what? There's always somebody else out there that might not like you. 
So what we want to do is tell people about real life. John uses a phrase in all of his books, eternal life, and he wants us to understand that there is a life that is different. In fact, he wants us to understand that there is eternal life. He talks about it in John 4 and 14. It says that that eternal life is like a well that springs up. It bubbles up in us and, and it gives us the real life. In John 6, he says Jesus is the bread of life. That means he's the sustenance that brings life. In John 14 and verse 6, he says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. And I absolutely love John 10, 10. He says, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, I've come to give you life and give you life abundant. That's translated in some different ways. Let me tell you about how it's translated. In one place it says, I've come to give you life and give you a full life. Another place says, I've come to give you a rich and satisfying life. Another translation says, I've come to give you a life that's more than you could have ever dreamed. Isn't that what we're looking for? I want some of that. And as we begin to tell people about that life, as we begin to proclaim it, as we begin to testify, you know what happens? They will want it also. In, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 19, there's a verse, and if you hear me do a funeral, I, I use this a lot for people that believe. And, and what Paul has told Timothy, he says, you need to be rich in good deeds, you need to, to, to be rich in good deeds and doing good things. You need to be generous. And then he tells us in, in 1 Timothy 6 and 19 what that does. And I, I want you to see that in 1, 1 Timothy. He says, in this way, and he's talking about there, with your good deeds and with your generosity, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. There's a life that we can grab at that we just can't get a hold of. That's the life on this earth. I, I like what James says in James 4.14. It's kind of interesting. He says, life is but a mist. How many of y'all have ever tried to grab a mist? Anybody in here been successful? It just doesn't do it. You know, on a foggy morning, go out and try to get a bag full, okay? It's not going to work. And, and that's exactly what James says life is like. But what, but, but what John is saying is, I want to tell you about a life that lasts. I want to tell you about a life that goes on forever. And, and, he says, and he says, that is eternal life. That is the life that is really life. That is something you can take hold of and will have forever. It won't slip through your fingers. So I want you to think about that. I want you to think, have you gotten a hold of the life that is truly life? Can I tell you what I know? If you have, you can't help, you can't help but tell somebody about it. We got to tell somebody. Can you say that with me? We got to tell somebody. Now that will happen. Why? Because you've been a witness and what you've seen will grip your heart and you'll say, I got to tell somebody. And so then we begin to testify. The sermon in the sentence was from Acts 4 and 20. And what it says there in Acts 4 20, the sermon sentence, it says, We cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. What Peter's saying to the Sanhedrin when they said, You can't tell about Jesus, he says, No, I can't help but speaking about him. Folks, I got to tell somebody, is what Peter said. And so I just want to challenge you today to begin to think about that. We've got to tell somebody. We've got to be a witness. We've got to experience Jesus. And then on top of that, we have to speak up about him. 
Jesus in Mark 1.17, this is what he says, come follow me and, 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 and I'm going to make you a fisher of men. He doesn't say go fish for men, he says just follow me and it's going to happen naturally. In, in Acts 1.8, Jesus is speaking and he says, you're going to be my witnesses by the power of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't say to go and witness. Can I tell you what happens when you encounter Jesus Christ, when you, when you experience him, you've got to tell somebody. Okay, He doesn't have to tell you to go and witness. He doesn't have to tell you to go and testify. He doesn't have to tell you to go and proclaim. Because when you've seen Jesus, you've got to tell somebody. It's that simple. Okay, It's that simple. Now, now, I like the way that Jeremiah said it. Jeremiah, in the 20th chapter in verse 9. And what Jeremiah says there, he says, But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. What he's saying there is we've got to tell somebody. Now, I want you to look right up here. I want you to hear this. If you don't have people asking you about your life being different, if they're not asking you to to give a testimony about why you're different, it might be that you haven't had an experience with Jesus Christ that has changed you. Like John, maybe in your life, you can't say, I've heard, I've seen, I've been touched by him. Maybe in your life, if you don't feel it welling up inside of you, that you don't feel like you can can stand up and speak up, like you have to. If you don't have that feeling in your heart, well, I've got to tell somebody, can I tell you, it might just be the fact that you haven't experienced the love and power of Jesus through his word. And through the church, that's a dangerous place. You see, because when you see Jesus, when you experience his power and you experience his love, you got to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. And if you're not telling somebody, it might just be because you don't know him. Father, we, uh, uh, we, we hear your word today, and we're so thankful for a man like John that reminds us that you walked on this earth. Father, I, I am so thankful for what he's spoken to me. Father, today as we've listened, we know that if you have gripped us, that it will bubble over from us. Uh, Father, we, we know that it will change us, and it will grasp our hearts so much that we have to speak up. So, Father, today I'm asking your Holy Spirit come into this room and convict us, Father, convict us. If we haven't had that encounter with you that has changed us so much that people want to know. Father, speak to us right now because what we want is to know you so much that we got to tell somebody. Speak to us, Father. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's pretty simple. We've got to tell somebody. The reason I've got to tell somebody is because there are people out there that are headed for hell. And I want them not to be there. You know, my goal is to make heaven full and, and hell empty. And uh, so uh, 
I'm just challenging you today to look into your heart and ask, have I encountered him enough that I've got to tell somebody? If not, I think you got some business that you got to do with your Lord. Maybe spend some time in his word. Maybe spend some time with him so that you see him, you hear him, and you're touched by him. So let's stand and sing. Let's make sure we got to tell somebody. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.